joining us on our next segment of SHIPS, which stands for SHIPS History, Influence, and Power Series. My name is Amy Bachari, and I'm the Education Director at the Steamship Historical Society. And today we're going to be talking with Jim Shaw about deck games. Hi, Jim. How are you today? Hi, Amy. I'm doing fine. Maybe you can tell us a bit about the ships you've taken throughout your life and um, why you were traveling on them. Well, I've taken a lot of ships uh, as passenger, uh, a number of them to get to different work sites. And uh, one of my uh, favorite things on the ships was playing deck games, oddly enough. You know, I enjoyed those trips, especially the long ones, the ones uh, going out uh, across the Pacific, especially or going through the Suez Canal. Uh, I sent you some pictures uh, a while back about what this was like in the 1910s, I think. I think the pictures were taken in 1913, 1914 on the old steamers that uh, took people down to Australia through the Suez Canal. And the fashions in those days, these people were playing kick the potato or you had to carry a raw egg around on a spoon. Uh, they were men that were down, uh, squatting down. I think they were, they were cockfighting. So they had to try to tip one, one or the other person over. And it was quite amazing that the, the types of deck games, you don't see these anymore on ships. You know, a lot of these, I've never seen a person going and wandering around deck with a little egg on a spoon, but there were no uh, swimming pools and no air conditioning. These people were dressed completely formal dress to me, even though they're going down the Red Sea and it's probably 110 degrees out on deck. But uh, you could see that in the old days, the deck games were just about the only entertainment. You know, there were no movies. There were no uh, the, uh, the, the entertainment that you see on cruise ships nowadays. So I thought that was fantastic. I think the voyage, uh, I think the ones you sent me were Orient Lines, and that was probably a coal-burning steamer, uh, I'm guessing maybe five or six weeks uh, from Europe to the ports in Australia, whereas I think uh, P&O with the newer ships, turbine ships, probably three weeks. I remember my uh, the voyages I took were about three weeks down there. But yeah, those folks back in the 1910s, 1920s, they more or less had to make up their own uh, entertainment in the deck games. That was a big thing. And you could tell by the crowds on deck that they were very popular. I don't think that I remember seeing as many people watch us play you know, when I traveled in, let's say, the 60s and 70s, is looking back on those old photographs, it looked like just about everybody on the ship gathered to watch these games being played. So they were quite something in that time. In the old days, you had shotguns. I remember on the Canard, I think it was a QE2, you could go back to the end of the deck and they would give you a shotgun and have the little clay pigeons go off the stern. I never did that. And I think that game was uh, came to an end after a while for because of certain security regulations. Maybe you can talk about each voyage, what ship you were on, what line and sort of, you know, what games were offered and then which you chose to play. 
the first ship was back in 1964. It was a P&O liner, uh, Ronze. And as a young American, I think I was 21 years old. Uh, when I got on the ship, I noticed that people were playing with roped, uh, little rope coils on deck. And uh, I'd never seen the game before. It was deck quoits. And so I decided to put my name on the uh, list to play. I got a team member. And I found it was a very good, since I was a single passenger, playing the deck games was a nice way to meet other passengers. Otherwise, you were confined to your roommates. I had three or the people you uh, ate dinner with. I had a table, I think, of 10. The deck quoits were interesting because I noticed when I first started the game, when I threw my coil of rope, it sort of hit the deck and bounced and skittered off. And I noticed the other passengers, uh, I think they had played the game many times before, would sort of twist and knead their rope coils before they threw them. And theirs would flop down on the deck right about where they threw them, whereas mine would uh, sort of skitter off. So I got into the habit of twisting these coils and finally getting my little deck coils to flop on the deck the way they were supposed to. Unfortunately, I never was very good in that game, but I enjoyed playing it. That sounds like fun, though, and a great way to meet people. It was. That was the main thing. Uh, I think all the ships I traveled on, being a single passenger, that was the best way to meet people. Yeah, normally, if, if you uh, came across somebody that you enjoyed being with and you got along well, no arguments, uh, yeah, you'd normally meet. And uh, on the ship, you're going to get athletic incline people that enjoy the games you'll get people that won't touch the games or that prefer to stay inside or something but i found that if if i got into tournaments uh, and met people and we would normally after that be friends on board you know and we would uh, possibly go to the bar and have a few drinks or have conversations out on deck above and beyond just playing the game so it, the deck games were very good in bringing people together, I think. I'm glad that uh, the steamship lines put those things together. I wonder, did you ever stay in contact with some of these people you played these games with? Did friendships sort of blossom? Some I did. Uh, is the wife uh, gone? There was a young lady yes, that, that uh, I was teamed with once, and uh, we corresponded for several years after that, but uh, gradually it dropped off. I think we both got married in the end. But uh, And there were, there were other folks uh, that I would correspond with. A big, a long voyage, say uh, San Francisco to Sydney or, or Southampton down to uh, Fremantle, you're on for three weeks, four weeks. So you do, you build up some big, uh, long lasting friendships. I think that's something that's gone in the air age and uh, even cruise ships. I don't know if, if uh, it's as easy to build up friendships on a cruise vessel as it was on the old liners. But yeah, I had, I had several relationships that build up from those games. And did you play any other deck games on different ships? 
I did. The next ship I took was a, an American ship getting back to the States, uh, American President Lines, President Wilson. And I noticed there were no decoits. Uh, the American ships had shuffleboard. You know, you had the long pole and the little wooden discs. And uh, I did play shuffleboard, but I found that I, I really would prefer the deck quoits. The shuffles just seem to be skittering all over the place, like my, my first throw of the deck quoits. One of the other ships I took, Greek ship of the Chandras line, they had uh, what they called deck tennis, which is where you have a little rubber hoop uh, that you have to catch and then you have to immediately throw back over the deck. Uh, I thought it was a lot more like volleyball, which I'd played before. I got pretty good in that, and I found it gave me more exercise. It was a real quick game. Deck quoits is a bit like playing golf. It's slow. You're watching the other players. Not too vigorous. The deck tennis, when you have to get that little coil over the net as soon as you catch it and uh, hope you don't make any misses, that gives you quite a bit of exercise. I think I got a second place once. I was going to ask if you ever played in any tournaments. I did on several of the ships. Uh, you're given a teammate, of course, for the most part. You can play singles, you can play doubles. Uh, sometimes there were teams of four. It depended on the particular deck game. Uh, the deck tennis, uh, that was my best game. And... Deck Hoyts, I think I might have won a singles uh, on some small unknown ship where the competition wasn't too rough. But there were other, other games uh, that, say, uh, tug of war, I think on one of the Greek ships, that's where you have a, a men's team, a women's team. They don't compete against each other. And I noticed on those ships, uh, particularly the ones carrying immigrants on the, let's say the uh, Europe, Australia run, I think it was a young lad actually, in fact, that the, the line had employed just to do the deck games. But he would have a, an England against the world competition. And uh, most of the passengers were British. So that was the England team. And the world was whoever else he could find, Australian, New Zealand, South African, American. Uh, not too many American travelers on British ships in those days. Another game I remember, I think on a Sitmar ship, was they put a pole across the swimming pool and you're given a pillow like a, with an air air pillow not a regular pillow you sleep on and uh, two players get out on this pole over the swimming pool and bash each other with the pillow until somebody loses and falls in the pool uh, that when i lost the very first time out but the other fellow was bigger than i was so uh, another one i didn't do very well in was the spoon game where they throw three dozen, four dozen silver spoons into the swimming pool. And you're asked to dive in and grab as many as you can. And I thought that would be fun. Unfortunately, I'm nearsighted, always wear glasses. So I just took my glasses off, put them by the towel near my chair and dove into that pool, realized I couldn't see a thing underwater. 
But the only could I, the only thing I could make out was the glint coming off of the spoons that were in the sunlight. So I gathered all those up, but I couldn't see anything in the shadow. So I came up with my maybe two dozen spoons, and I think I got last place in that. I didn't play the spoon game again. So were there games offered that you chose not to play? I never played uh, ping pong until I got on uh, canard ships going across the Atlantic. Uh, I met a fellow, uh, Ted Skull. Uh, ended up playing a number of games with him. I think I lost every one. So when you meet a player like that, uh, he's always winning. You don't, after a while, you say, what's the use? So, uh, Do you have any memorable stories that sort of stick out in your mind from playing deck games? Anything funny or any dramatic events, I guess? Any anger? <laughs> Well, the deck quite people, I found out quickly, were uh, some were very professional. And if you didn't play the game their way, uh, they would let you know it. And of course, after that, you didn't play with those people anymore. You know, you can get a little too finicky on your you're playing for enjoyment, not uh, not to win more or less or or to do everything perfect. I remember a fellow I think it was on one of the Chandris liners. And one of the ladies playing was, was a very nice, uh, tall-looking woman. And uh, my cabin mate decided to come up and play this deck game, too. And he took quite a, uh, a fascination to this other woman who was trying to get on her team and so forth. A bit romantic. Uh, turned out that she walked into the dining room, uh, I think two nights later on the arm of the ship's, uh, ship's doctor. She was, she was allowed to take that voyage with her husband. And uh, that put that little romance uh, at an end. But then when we got off in Sydney, this fellow was met by his wife and three children. So <laughs> you can... <laughs> You can see what things take place on these ocean liners. It, it's like a little bit like Las Vegas. <laughs> what happens on board stays on board. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, we have some great glass plate images, actually, of oh, people do. on deck playing deck games. And there's even one of somebody who's clearly a storyteller and sort of just telling a story to passengers to occupy the time. And I think it's just fascinating. It is. Uh, it's changed, I think, with the cruise ships. Uh, the cruises I've been on, I don't see as many of those type of deck games being played. Uh, perhaps there are. I remember when I took our two boys on uh, the first cruise that we took them on, and uh, I was searching around for something for them to do. They discovered the video game parlor, and that was it. That's the last we saw of them. I think I had to go in and just and pull them out just to eat lunch. And then right after lunch, boom, right back to the video game parlor. So what can you do? I don't even think, I think that was priority one, even over the swimming pool. <laughs> so things have changed. I can remember the one game the kids got into, or my youngest son, who was a born gambler, I think was a horse race or at times a frog race game, but you know, they'll have five or six people 
I'm not, I can't remember how it worked, but it's a racing game. And he was able to decorate his horse. And uh, he was the smallest player. I think all the rest were adults or at least tall teenagers. And he's there about three and a half feet high with his horse. And of course, he was popular. I don't know if his horse run or not, but he was one of the, the more popular uh, horse owners. But uh, that's the only one that I can remember those two kids getting into. So things have changed quite a bit on ships, uh, say, over the last century. The deck games were interesting. I'm glad you folks are making something on this. Uh, and they've evolved through the years from those old photographs. What people used to do compared to what they're doing now on the latest cruise liners is and the amount of entertainment that's offered on cruise line. I mean, that's basically what you're taking the ship for now is, is a holiday and entertainment. You're not going trying to get someplace like the uh, travelers of the old age. So it's quite a different thing. Well, thank you so much for telling us your stories. <laughs> if you listen to them, why not? <laughs>